is uh, that is so good. I, you know, I just I would just want to go right into uh, just bring the slideshow up. I just want to go right into talking about what we're going to do that. I don't want to interrupt it with a bunch of announcements. The worship was great. It's good to have Megan back. Um, today we're talking about life in a wide place. Open heart surgery, week six. Wa is the one we're talking about. That's the Hebrew letter for this stanza. The six, uh, that should be say be a six up there. I've entitled it "Life in a Wide Place." It seems there is an epidemic in Christian living that is characterized by a lack of confidence. It's characterized by shame and guilt and paralysis. <clears throat> the gospel and God's word are not designed to leave us sulking, guilt-ridden, and hopelessly overwhelmed <clears throat> with religious burden. And we need understanding to escape this paralysis. We need understanding that connection with God should leave us confident and free in living in a wide place. And a life in a wide place is the result of the things we've been learning the last five weeks. As a matter of fact, some of you that were walking with God and not missing the last couple weeks in sermons would remember that we talked about the idea of a wide, spacious place. See, let me just kind of put you what I, uh, what I have uh, for the passage here. Uh, Psalm 119, verses 41 to 48. Let your steadfast love come to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your promise. Then I shall have an answer for him who taunts me, for I trust in your word. And take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for my hope is in your rules. I will keep your law continually forever and ever. And I shall walk in a wide place, for I have sought your precepts. I will also speak of your testimonies before kings and shall not be put to shame. <clears throat> For I find my delight in your commandments, which I love. I will lift up my hands toward your commandments, which I love, and I will meditate on your statutes. Here's my journal entry from this week when I was studying this. Confidence is being able to stay with God's word no matter my circumstances. It is not the fleshy reaction to conflict that I am so used to, trying to intimidate someone or outshout them or trying to outstubborn them, which I'm really good at. <laughs> But it's when my actions and my attitudes say that I believe the word of God to be true. Do you see the difference? <clears throat> We're talking about confidence, and I titled confidence, if you will, I give it a I'm giving it a synonym today. It's called the wide place. A couple of words we're going to look at. Rachab. This is the Hebrew word wide place. We've actually studied this word before, but this is another version of it. It means roomy in any or every direction, wide at liberty and confident. The wide place means to be wide at liberty and confident. And then we have the comparison word, bush, to be disappointed, shame, to be confounded or restrained by fear. Do you notice the contrast between a place of shame and a place of wide living? I mean, clearly, the psalmist is clearly trying to paint a picture of comparison here. He declares because of God's word, he has the freedom to do right, to live free, and talk to kings. 
And we'll see that broken down in just a few minutes. This is a comparison to a life shackled by guilt, shame, and confusion, and religious burden being compared to a life in a wide space with liberty, freedom, and confidence. It does not mean a life without mistakes. It does not mean a life without failure. It means a life in a wide place. So what does life in a wide place look like? How do you know if you're living in a wide place? Today, what I'm going to try to do, and this is a very subjective sermon, so I hope, you can, I, hope I can articulate it well. <clears throat> I want to describe life in a wide place as opposed to life in shame and disappointment and shackles. I mean, what do you think the gospel and a connection with Heavenly Dad is designed to provide in the first place? Is the gospel designed to provide religious guilt? Is it designed to provide fear? Is it designed to provide a relationship that feels like there is always someone looking over your shoulder to zap you? So what I want to do is I'm going to describe how life in a wide place gives you several different types of confidence. And the psalmist is talking about confidence in this stanza because of what? His relationship with God's word. The first confidence is one that we have in connection. That's what we see in verses 41 to 43. It's confidence to break from traditions of religion or society because you are connected to Heavenly Dad. There's a great example of this that the psalmist, who I believe is David, writes in his life. He's under assault. His son is pursuing him to try to kill David, to kill his dad and take his throne. It's in 1 Samuel 21, 3 to 6. Let me just read that story to you. So David's on the run. His son's trying to kill him, and he's got a few men with him, and he's on the run. Now then, he goes to the priest. He goes to the priest, and he says, what do you have on hand? We need five lo- loaves of bread and whatever there is. We've got to eat. We're starving. And the priest answers David, I have no regular bread on hand. All I have is the holy bread. Well, you can't eat the holy bread, right? I mean, it's holy <laughs> And then the priest says, have the young men kept themselves from women? And David answered the priest, women have kept free from us always, and we go on an expedition. The vessels of the young men are holy, even when it is an ordinary journey. How much more today will their vessels be holy? So the priest gave them the holy bread, for there was no other regular bread for men to eat, but the bread of the presence, which is removed from the Lord to be replaced by hot bread every day as it's taken away. So the idea behind it was they had this way of worshiping and they would keep bread in the temple at all times. And it was fresh bread. And the priest says, we don't have any regular bread. All that we have is religiously sanctioned bread. And David says, that's okay, just give us that bread. The bread you, you know, keep for God, just give it to us. And he wasn't intimidated by religion. He had a connection with God. He knew the word of God. He was confident about the purpose of the law, which is to bring people to God, not to condemn them and just treat them as if they could never connect with God, but it gives us insight and enlightenment to our need of grace and mercy. He knew his connection to dad was not hinged upon how good a Jew he was, but by the gift of faith. His confidence enabled him to live in a wide place while others may have been aghast at what he was about to do, but he was in a bad situation. He was struggling. He had confidence to take what he needed 
Otherwise, he would have had a lack of confidence to live free from stupid legalism and religious bitter ideals that could cause him to miss out on blessings. In Romans 8, 1, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So the first area of living in a wide place is confidence of your connection to Heavenly Dad. And I want to make sure what, you've, what, what that means is, no matter what happens in your life, you know that your connection with Dad is not based upon your ability to hold on, but his ability to hold on to you. You have to have confidence in your connection. The second confidence we can have when we live in a wide place is confidence in temptation. Now we're starting to get down to brass tacks. It's the confidence to do right no matter what your circumstances because of your relationship with the Word of God. You have confidence, first of all, that, that God will honor your righteousness. But most importantly, you have confidence that God already knows about and sees your unrighteousness. Look, we may fail, obviously, in this area of temptation. But this is where the connection with dad and living in a wide place is supernatural. When it happens, when we do fail, we retreat to humility, not guilt. See, guilt is a sign of living in a narrow place, a restricted place, a shameful place. Humility is the result of living in a wide place, a liberated place, a free place. Because if your humility doesn't produce joy and fresh starts, it's not humility. It's merely guilt without forgiveness. You see, you can't have forgiveness if you feel guilt. Focusing on your own depravity over the greatness of God and His mercy is the biggest mistake that Christians make, which causes them to step out of the wide place. Perpetual religious sulking, it's so annoying. It is. It really is. And guilt, sulking and guilt are at odds with the results of true humility and brokenness. They're not the same. Because you are focusing on your own failures instead of Christ's victory. It leads to a religious life without any confidence. It's a life of endless cycles of emotional highs and valleys of guilt as you go through times of failure and despair. Because while guilt does lead to condemnation and defeat, biblical humility, which is a result of the gift of faith, yields dependence and trust. Do you see the difference between guilt and humility? Humility says, I can't do this on my own. I need Heavenly Dad. Guilt says, I'm so bad, no one can ever love me. In many respects, guilt is selfish. And it's shackling. It's not a wide place. Humility says dependence, grasping. It gets to freedom. It is a wide place. Hebrews 14.6 says, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of our need. I'm going to read it again in case that went in one ear and out the other. Let us then with confidence, wide place, liberty, Freedom, draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. In our time of need, in our time of failure, have confidence to draw near to grace. 
Not paralysis that says, woe is me, but confidence. Wow, that proves it again. I can't do it on my own. Here I come, Dad. And when we do fail, we can continue. Why? Because of the confidence we have in our connection, which we just talked about. There's another type of confidence in the wide place of life. It's confidence in wisdom. He said in verse 45 and 46, he talks about talking to kings. And what he's really saying is there's an ability to speak truth at any time to anyone under any circumstances. Understanding from the world, from a biblical perspective, this gives us innately wise counsel. But the purpose of this being able to have wisdom and being right is not to win arguments. It's so that we can know how to bless others. Uh, Daryl gave me this, and it's not a, a direct quote, but he gave me this concept that C.S. Lewis shared in one of his writings. He said that even unrefined or uneducated or untrained people connected to God's word can speak great words of wisdom because they are in sync with reality. But those who do not follow God's word are always struggling to patch together a coherent worldview. Therefore, they don't have an anchor. They don't have a mooring. Nothing to trust in. Therefore, what? No confidence. And they are tossed about with each and every situation they face. And they have nothing good to say. See, what happens is, is you are not intimidated into silence when the truth should be proclaimed because you have the confidence in the author of the truth and the veracity of the truth because it has been what? Confirmed to you one of the prayers that we talked about last week. It's been confirmed to you and you realize that God must be dealt with. Now listen, this wisdom we're talking about in the wide place, it's not arrogance. It's not combativeness. It's not to try to be annoying or judgmental. It's definitely not political. It's a supernatural, humble confidence that gives you credibility. It's a direct result of the gift of faith that has been nurtured through a connection with God's word because you understand his law, his counsel, his precepts, his judgments, his rhythm. It's wisdom but the wisdom with a goal of shepherding with truth, you have proven a life to be true. It's wisdom that gives you the ability to shepherd, not to win. As a matter of fact, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 20 and 21 says this. Therefore, we are ambassadors, representatives. Oftentimes, ambassadors are those who are sent to talk to people of power. That's why the psalmist says, talk to kings. You've made me an ambassador. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that we in him might become the righteousness of God. And those are the three aspects of life in a wide place. There's confidence and connection. There's confidence in temptation, and there's confidence in wisdom. All laid out for you in these eight verses. Let's talk about David a little bit. 
David lived in a wide place. Matter of fact, he expressed it over and over again. Here's a couple of verses. In Psalm 18, 19, he brought me out into a wide place, a confident place, a liberated place, a free place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. Psalm 31, 8. You have not delivered me into the hand of the enemy. You have set my feet in a wide place. This is one of the reasons why I think David wrote Psalm 119. You see that? He loved using this phrase, picture of a wide place. Guys, this is a man who had committed adultery, murder, countless lies and other sins. Does that sound like a guy living a life of shame and guilt? I mean, if anybody should have been living in a narrow, confined, shackled place, it should be him, right? And listen, he experienced the consequences of his sin. There was hardship in his life. One of them being his son hated him and tried to kill him. So his life was not easy. This is not a prosperity gospel. Just have a positive mental attitude. Everything would be great. That's not what this was. There were issues in his life that were harmful and, and painful. But he lived a life in a wide place. I mean, if anybody should have been shackled by shame, it should have been David. Can you see the difference between life in a wide place and life lived in shame? The difference between guilt and humility? There's a lot of other journal entries I could have put in here today, and I promise, if you saw the parts of my journal, and they will not be seen until I die. <laughs> I've left secrets for a password for my wife. She can get to them one day. She doesn't know that, but now she does. She's going to look. Where's the password? Where's the password? <laughs> I promise you, if you saw the parts of my journal where I confess in humility my flaws and sin to Heavenly Dad, you would wonder, honest, how could Joe ever have any confidence to stand up there each week and preach? I'll tell you why. Because I live in a wide place. Because my time with God's Word has allowed me to live in a wide place. He has made it clear very clear, he has not called me to depression and religious sulking and guilt and discouragement. He has called me to live with its reality. I'm not going to ignore the fact that I have these issues and flaws in my life. I acknowledge them. Why? Because I know God knows about them. While I live with the reality of these flaws, God, through his word, has enabled me to understand and trust his cure for it. His cure for it puts me in a wide place. He reminds me that I am connected, and he helps me in temptation, protects me from my own reproach. He gives me wisdom to teach truth. If I preach something you like, it's not because I'm smart. It's because God has revealed wow things to me in Scripture. As your pastor, I so badly want to set you as a church free in a wide place. To have confidence in your connection. To have confidence in your wisdom. To have confidence in your righteousness, which is in God. And I can tell you this, you can find that wide place 
in a life that is permeated with God's word in your heart and your mind. Church family, it is time. It is time for us to live in a wide place. That's what the grace life is all about. It's not a church name. It's a lifestyle. The grace life is a synonym for the wide place. Again, it's not perfection. We aren't perfect. We live with the reality of the fact that we are flawed, that we have made mistakes, that we have stumbled, we've tripped up, we've hurt others. We know that. That's, we know that. But when you have guilt over it, it means you don't understand grace. Humility and brokenness yield connection. That connection yields confidence and temptation and confidence to speak truth. I want so badly for you to stop. And, and this is where I've been struggling with this whole series on loving God's word. I, I don't want to guilt anyone into time with God's word. I want you to be motivated into time with God's word. Do you see the difference? Man, I want to live in a wide place. How do I get it? I got to start praying that prayer list. I got to start reading the word of God more. I want you to be, I don't want you, man, I'm, I'm not really reading the word that much. I, I, I better start. That's not how I started. When I started reading the word of God, it was like, man, I'm tired of just kind of coasting through Christianity. I want to live in a wide place. It's time. It's time to put off shame, religious sulking, and guilt. And it's time to live in a wide place with confidence. Because we know the reality of our sin, but we trust God's cure for it. Dad, set our feet in a wide place. Rescue us from our sinfulness. Transform us. Give us the gift of faith permeated with your word. We don't want any more sulking. We don't want any more depression or bitterness or guilt over our sin. We want our humility to create reliance. so that we can live free, do right, and talk to kings.